I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Welcome to episode 24 of the Purpose of Her Mom Show. I have a great conversation for you today with Tamiko Kelly from Sleep Well, Wake Happy. We actually focused on baby and toddler sleep and how when your child gets a good night's sleep, everything else can kind of fall in place in your home. Tamiko is the founder of Sleep Well, Wake Happy, and she's the creator of the Feel Like Yourself Again Baby Sleep Solution. As a certified sleep consultant and holistic health practitioner, Tamiko helps tired moms feel like themselves again by teaching them how to get their babies sleeping through the night. When we started talking, she just dropped so many nuggets of wisdom on me. If you guys have been following me over on Instagram, you know my kids have not been sleeping great. And I walked away with so many practical tips and things that I can do to help them sleep better. I know that you are going to love this interview. If you have younger kids in particular, this one is for you, but even if you have older kids and maybe you haven't created a good sleep routine, we talk about that as well, how to get started and also how to talk to people in your life, the other stakeholders that maybe don't believe in the way you're doing things with your kids. We gave some good language and words around that. You can find all the show notes and everything else over at a purposedivermom.com slash podcast 24. I also want to thank this week's review of the week, Danny C. Danny says, love her show. I followed her blog for ages and I get so much out of it. So it was a fun addition to start listening to her podcast. It meshes well with her blog, not just the same information on different platforms. And I definitely recommend it. Danny, thank you so much. And to everyone else who's left a rating or review, make sure you send me an email at apurposedrivermom at gmail.com. If you are the reviewer of the week, I give away private office hours, which is a good time for you and me to go back and forth and talk about your goals to anyone who's picked as reviewer of the week. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you leaving the review. It takes just a couple minutes, but it has a massive impact. So thank you if you've left a review. And now let's jump right into episode 24 with Timiko Kelly. Welcome to episode 24 of the Purpose Driven Mom Show. Today, I'm going to have a conversation with Tamiko Kelly from sleepwellwakehappy.com, and we are going to talk all things baby sleep, kids sleep, how you can sleep better, and so that you can have a happier home. Tamiko, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk, and I know that my mom's listening, know that I've been on the sleep struggle bus with my kids, so they're probably like, Kara's so excited right now to get to like pick the brain of a sleep expert. Uh, I know that so many moms out there wish they had somebody in their back pocket that they could go to in the middle of the night when no one is sleeping, and this is fun because it's going to be like a little behind the scenes to get to help other moms figure out how they can get their kids sleeping better so everyone can be sleeping better, so I'm so pumped to talk today. (laughs) Before we get started, though, why don't you tell everybody about you who hasn't heard of you yet, a little about your family, your kids, how you got started becoming a sleep expert? Yeah, so um, I have been doing sleep since 2008. I am a uh, happily single woman with no kids, um, and I actually started this journey as a nanny. And so I was living in the Bay Area. I used to do date nights, and parents would always come home and be like, hey, where are the kids? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's two o'clock in the morning. They've been asleep since 7.30. And they're like, holy moly, girl, how did you do that? And so it was through 
you know, it was something that came very natural to me that I began um, teaching parents some tips and some tricks. And then literally from there, I had a business overnight driving all throughout the Bay Area, for those who don't know that's in San Francisco, um, helping parents get a good night's sleep. So it started very, very organically. So you just knew, like when you were watching kids, you just had ideas of what you could do. It just innately was in your nature to be the baby whisperer. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was a thing. Because um, again, single girl, no kids. I didn't realize that parents struggled with this. I thought everybody just, when it was bedtime, everybody just said, all right, good night and went to bed. So I didn't realize it was a thing yeah. until parents were like, oh no, we really, really struggle with this. Yeah, it is a huge thing. I Before I had kids, I really was like, my kids are going to do this, this, and this, and no one's going to have sleep problems. And my kids are relatively good sleepers. It's my, my current two-year-old, and we'll talk a little bit about his individual issues, but they're, they've always been like pretty good sleepers. Yeah. But I talked to other parents whose kids have really struggled with sleep, and you don't realize some kids naturally will like fall into a rhythm and a lot of kids need help. And I think a lot of moms struggle with that because they see these commercials of these babies and they're sleeping and they're rocking and they think to be a good mom, I have to get my baby to go to sleep right away. Not realizing like actually almost all of us need some help to figure out a strategy. Right, for sure. And I think that there's a lot of myths and lies being told on the internet um, about sleep when it comes to babies. So many parents are just told, and you may have heard this too, oh, babies will sleep through the night when they're ready. And so what I always say to that, great, but what about when mama's ready? And another question to that is, how long do you have to wait until you've waited long enough? And so it's things like that that cause parents to be up night after night after night with their children, struggling with doing all the things, rocking, bouncing, walking the halls, driving, whatever it takes, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, all the things and still being left sleepless. And so that is one of the reasons why I started my business is to help families get the clarity and a simple process to follow to get their kids to sleep quickly um, so that everybody in the house can sleep well and wake happy. That's awesome. Can I ask you a question then about sleeping through the night? Because this was one thing that I was so frustrated with because people were saying my kid's sleeping through the night. And then I read in some Facebook group and someone was like, but what does that actually mean like sleeping through the night? Because for each baby, depending on how many hours they need and at a developmental age, like what is appropriate? That was a question we got in the Facebook group, like developmentally, like what does sleeping through the night look like for an infant, you know, versus a toddler or a newborn? Like, I think a lot of parents assume like, oh, they'll go to bed at seven and then they wake up at seven. Maybe that's when they're littler. I know that's different. Can you talk a little bit about developmentally, what that actually means? Yeah, so for brand new babies, newborns, we all know that they have to wake up um, to eat every uh, three hours because they need to regain their birth weight. So we so we all can agree that as a newborn, they definitely are going to be waking up during the night because they do need to be eating. Um, the youngest baby I've had sleep 12 hours in a row is around six weeks, um, and that is simply because she was ready. There was nothing that was done. Um, basically, I work with parents both in-home and virtually, and this is one of my clients I worked in-home with. We set her up with good sleep 
uh, skills from day one. So she um, was always sleeping in her crib. She, you know, we always did all the things to help her. And so at six weeks, she naturally dropped her um, night feet. Typically though, um, if you have a healthy full-term baby with no kind of health challenges, typically at around 12 weeks, they are able to sleep 12 hours without needing um, to be fed. Now, every family has different ways that they do things. I just want to level set here. I don't want people running out and being like, Tamiko said, starve my baby. And I'm like, girl, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's totally possible for your baby to sleep 12 hours by 12 weeks without having to do any crazy things to make that happen. It's totally possible for that to happen. Then after they are out of the newborn stage, so like around the four to, you know, four months older, so four months toddler years, they can definitely sleep all night. There is no reason why your baby, once they have left the newborn stage, is not capable of sleeping through the night. Again, minus any kind of health issues or health concerns. And of course, if, if you have a preemie, this is going to take a little bit longer because they have to, you know, catch up. Um, and if you have any health challenges like reflux, GERD, or anything else, then of course, you know that it's going to take them a little bit longer. But it's totally possible for your baby to sleep. 10 to 12 hours in a row without needing, like without needing you to do anything. So basically, they are going to wake up during the night. They're just like we all do. They are going to look around the crib, maybe grab a pacifier if they have one, turn over, and then go back to sleep without you intervening. That is my definition of sleeping through the night. That's good to hear um, because I feel like there's all these mom memes and like pictures out there about never being able to sleep through the night because of your kids staying up and like, I'll, you know, and we'd make light of it sometimes. Um, and I do too, you know, like how tired I am, but it's encouraging to hear like, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Um, you can like get out of the abyss. And I know in the beginning, I remember being like a newborn mom, like, whoa, four hours. Ooh, I slept yeah. a little bit, you know, and your body adjusts, but it's not healthy <laughs> to not sleep um, for us or for them. You know, they need it. I can tell on the days my kids are not getting enough sleep. They're t my, my toddler, she's almost four. She'll say, mommy, I didn't get enough sleep. And if she's cranky, she's, she will say to me, probably because I've said it to her, like, she'll say, I'm cranky today. Or like, why? I'm like, why are you doing something she's doing wrong? And she's like, I didn't get enough sleep. Mommy. <laughs> like they know, but we know that we get, um, really cranky. We are short with people and we have to remember like those little people need it, if not more, because right. of, like their brain is developing and, and sleep's important. All right. So let's backtrack then. Why though? Like, why is it important? Why is not only sleep, but a good solid routine to help them get there? Like, why does that matter? Yeah. So that is a fantastic question. And I, you know, one that I really wish more mothers would listen. So so if you're listening to me right now and you're a mama with sweet babies, girl, this answer is for you. I think it's very important that we, the motherhood, um, get help when we need help. I think that there is so many women and so many things in our society that make us think that if we can't cook, clean, get the kids to see, get them to school, soccer practice and everything by ourselves that we're feeling as a mother. And I just want to say that there is no harm in outsourcing. You literally only have two 
arms, two hands, two legs, and two feet. You can only run so fast, type so quickly, make so many phone calls. At some point, you're going to have to outsource. And so I just want to give you permission right now to get help in your life where that is, whether that's you need help with getting meals prepped, you need help with grocery shopping, whatever that looks like for you, get that help. Because once you get that help, then things like sleep will become so much easier because you're not so burnt out at the end of the day. Because many sleep issues come from moms just being so tired that they don't have the wherewithal to do the things that are required at night to get their kids to sleep. So it's just easier to let them breastfeed all night, to let them co-sleep, to let them come in and out the room all night, to rock them or whatever the things, because at least you feel like you're getting some semblance of sleep by doing those things. Um, and so I you know, really want to encourage moms to just lower the bar, take it easy on yourself, <laughs> um, and just, just get help. I mean, that's the biggest thing I wish mo more moms would do, outsource. Get help where you need it. Now, remind me, what was the original question? Sorry, I went on. No, that was, I was sitting here like, preach, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm guilty too, but man, don't we try to do it all and think that we're supposed to do it all. That is ridiculous. Like, yeah. I said to my husband, like, I'm not the only one who can do bath time and bedtime. Like, someone <laughs> else can help too. Like, and I think that too, to the mom uh, who just came home with a new baby. I saw a thing on Facebook and it was like, be the friend that you would have wanted as a new mom. Like, go over and like, take the baby and let the mom right. take a nap and shower instead of just going over to visit. I right. remember people visiting me when I was in that newborn stage. And then my baby, I would put my baby down like to, um, to sleep. And I would be like, are uh, you gonna, you're leaving now? So I could take a nap and people would stay and talk to me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm napping now. You need to go. Right. Bye -bye. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was co-signing everything you were saying, but, um, the original question though was, about starting a routine, like why do we even need a good routine for bedtime and how does that play into helping the baby sleep better? Yeah, so, you know, kids really do enjoy routines. They enjoy having a predictable structure to their day. So by you giving them this schedule, giving them this routine, you're actually making your job a whole lot easier. All of my moms who wanna fly by the seat of their pants and they just wanna go with the flow, you can go with the flow when you have a teenager, but if you have young children in your house, structure and routine are going to be your friend and there, it truly is going to make bedtime a whole lot easier, especially if you have toddlers because toddlers can talk. And so you can walk them through the process and the schedule and the routine and you can explain it to them. Once they get into the routine, they'll start asking you, they'll be like, hey mama, all right, dinner's over. I'm going I'm to go upstairs and get ready for bath. Like they will start to excuse themselves and get, and get to where they need to be in the house without you having to constantly say, okay, it's time to stop eating. It's time to go. Stop kicking the table. It's time to go clean up the table. Like they will start to actually fall in line a whole lot easier, which then entails makes your night go a whole lot quicker. So you're able to get them bathed you know, get them in bed a whole lot quicker, then you can have the rest of your night to do whatever it is you want to do, whether that's have a date night, watch The Real Housewives, do nothing, whatever that looks like for you, you now have kid free time. Because I'm all about moms having duty, where they're just like, okay, mom is off duty at 7 p.m. At 7.01, I can't hear you. 
I can't see you until 7 a.m. the next morning. If you need anything, go talk to your dad, go read a book. I'm not here unless it's an emergency in this house until 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. And the easiest way to do that is um, setting the structure and the routine with the schedule. So what about the mom who is like, yes, I agree with everything you're saying, but I have never done that. And I now have a toddler or, you know, we've gotten to a point where a lot of the household schedule is set, but I don't have a bedtime routine and my kids are going to bed at 10 PM and, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How do I get started with retraining this entire routine we've never had? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is ask yourself why are your kids going to bed so late? Because here in Texas, we have a lot of sports families who um, maybe they have an older brother and sister who is in football, baseball, basketball. And as you know, these games are super late at night. So like some don't even start until eight o'clock at night. And so if that's your situation, you know, bedtime for a toddler, they definitely can't be up I mean, of course, they will happily stay up until 10 o'clock at night, right? Like, they're, they're excited to do that. But ideally, they need to be in bed a little bit earlier than that. So if that's your situation, it may be helpful for either you and your partner to tag team or for you to get, again, outsourcing, get somebody to come to your house to stay with the toddler so that you guys can hit the older kids of the game, but your younger kids can stay on their seat schedule. So the first step is to figure out why are your kids up this day? Like, what's going on? And then the second thing would just to be to pick a new bedtime and to say, okay, moving forward, bedtime is going to be X time, whatever that is, you know, for you, ideally, no later than 8 p.m. Um, because the majority of kids, young kids definitely can't make it past 8. And if they are up past 8, you'll notice them getting that second wind. But I decided to get super hyper get crazy almost like they're being possessed by <laughs> an excitement demon who's yeah. giving them you know like they get crazy they're throwing stuff they're like kicking and just running around in circles jumping on the bed just foolishness you've been, happening you've been in my them. house recently you've been here because as you're saying this i was like because we used to have when my kids were little we did like 6 30 okay. um like small babies you know and then we moved it past later and we have because my older one has sports that's exactly what's happened that mm -hmm. um we are at like 7 30 we would go up for bed and then they'd be in bed by eight but I've, i'm noticing now that we've kind of slowly moved it back closer to eight o'clock that's exactly what happens. It's like this yeah. weird second wind. I'm like, you were just falling asleep on me, like on the couch a minute ago, <laughs> and now you're wrestling with your brother right. in the bedroom. I'm gonna stop here and pause to tell you about today's sponsor of the podcast, Woosh Beauty. Woosh is a brand new company and 100% owned and operated by women who like beauty but love spending time on what's actually important, like family, friends, travel, and all those other things that keep us busy as moms. They've created products to allow people to get more from their makeup by doing less. I have been using their fold-out face for the past couple weeks. If you've seen me on my Insta stories, I'm pretty obsessed with it. I don't really know too much about what I'm doing when it comes to makeup. When I received the palette, I was blown away. It was literally like color by numbers for people who aren't sure what to do with their makeup, but want to feel a little pretty and take care of themselves. Everything was numbered and labeled. There were pictures and all I had to do was pick my shade. I literally sent them my face color and they sent me everything that I needed. Eyeshadows, concealers, contour, blushes, foundations, the four-in-one brush set, everything. 
What I really like about it though is that it's mineral-based, fragrance-free, and has amazing coverage, not tested on animals at all. After having my kids, I was dealing with some hormonal acne, and I want products that actually work well on my skin and that are good for my skin. And truthfully, since I've started using it, I feel like I've had less breakouts and just am more confident when I step out the door. This is the perfect makeup for the busy woman. For the woman who wants to get her makeup done fast before she has to head out the door to the car line, to the one who wants to doll up a little bit for date night with her husband, I've been using this when I've been going to work to just feel a little bit better about myself. It's also perfect for travel because it's TSA friendly because you don't have a liquid foundation and it is one thing. That is my favorite part about this. When I saw it, I was like, yes, one thing to hide from my kids and not all of my makeup that they're constantly trying to steal. On top of it all, it's budget friendly. You know that I like to get the most value for my dollar and this is something that I would buy even without a code. But my friends over at Woosh, they're awesome and they gave a code PURPOSE25 that you could use over at checkout to get 25% on your fold out face or anything else that you want to get. I'm gonna link everything over in the show notes. You can go to a apurposedrivenmom.com slash whooshbeauty and get all of the details, all the info, and don't forget to use that code PURPOSE25 at checkout. Now, back to the episode. Okay, wait, can I ask a question then about the early bedtime? Because I have gone back and forth with my husband about this because I, I am a very big stickler on time. Like, we are like, this is when nap is. Right. Car nap, like, nope. Like, I don't do things. I really respect the nap time. As mm-hmm. well as bed. Like, I'm like, this is when we go to bed. We just don't do night things. Like, it is what it is. Right. We have to split, divide, and conquer. Tonight will be hard. My husband's away. So I'm in charge of sports from, and my son is basketball practice. So I'm like, oh, man, they're not going to get to bed till late. But it, it's, you know, it happens. But you hear a lot of people, particularly in like older generations who are like, let them stay up late, like they'll fall asleep. And what about if you're hitting that opposition, especially with maybe the people you do ask for help from, right? You think like in-laws and family members who try to tell you to keep them and stay, like let them stay up later. Um, What are some things that a mom could say to them, especially if you're, I'm thinking of a situation where maybe someone's babysitting or watching your kid and you tell them what time bedtime is, but they think, they know better and they think, oh, we'll just let them stay up later because then they'll sleep in. And you're really trying to keep that. What is some language you can empower a mom with to help other people who help her be firm on the bedtime routine? Yeah. So the first thing you can do is stop using those people. Number one. I mean, that, that to me is just the easiest solution. (laughs) If there's somebody in your family who is blatantly disrespecting you're like your bedtime, like you're saying, hey, grandma, hey, great aunt, hey, mama, dad, bedtime is seven o'clock, and they're keeping your kids up till nine o'clock, then, you know, sometimes having a talk will help, but many times it will not. And so I would just use somebody else for nighttime and let Nana and Papa handle more daytime sort of childcare. But language that moms can use is something, something as simple as, hey, um, I really, pre- I would, you know, thank you so much for helping me with baby A. Um, bedtime for her is X. And it's simply because if she goes down after this time, then in the morning, she is waking us up at five or four o'clock in the morning. And we're having to wrestle with her to get her back to sleep. And then we all have to be at work in the morning. So we would just really appreciate you putting her down at X time. Is that cool? And then let and then see what they say. If if after hearing that they're still like, oh, well, back in my day, we used to let kids be up, blah 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 blah. I'd be like, okay, 
So I have to work. <laughs> and whether that's you have to do housework in the morning, you have to do carpool. I want to be clear that staying at home with kids is not a freaking day in the park. You're not lounging in Tahiti with the you know, a beautiful drink in your hand, lounging at, by the pool. That is a legit job. And so at the end of the day, if they are still giving you pushback, then I would just say, hey, I can totally respect your opinion. I totally get that, you know, back when you're raising kids, is how it is. But this is a choice that we've made for our children. So I would appreciate if you would respect that. I like that a lot. I yeah. maybe wrote that down to use at a later date <laughs> for myself. <laughs> um, another question I have, speaking of things that I'm doing, so my kids share a room. They are two and three and a half, almost four. They've always shared a room. And in the beginning, it like wasn't a big deal. But now my toddler, he is actually, I, we moved him out of his crib earlier than I would have wanted to, but he's a climber. So he was climbing out and it was dangerous. So he's been at, in a bed for a while now. Uh, and the issue that I'm hitting is that my daughter is afraid of the dark, so she needs to sleep with the door open. But if the door is open, my son will leave his room. And so we've been battling back and forth with keeping one in the room and not keeping the other in the room. It's just kind of like a circus a little bit after, in the middle of the night. It's never like right away, right away they go to bed. Like they're good. Bedtime, prayer, let's go. It's always around like 2 a.m. Somebody saunters into my room. I'm like, what is happening? Sometimes I don't even notice it's happening because I'm so asleep. I wake up and there's a kid in my bed. I'm like, what happened here? How many times I tell my husband, like, when did he come in here? I don't even remember it. Because if I did, I would put him back in his bed. I feel like so out of it. So um, my question is like, kids who share rooms, any tips for moms when you're trying to do things like any sort of like, I know for us, it was hard with sleep training when I had both in the same room, they, they figured it out. But what are some tips you can give moms for kids who do share rooms when you have like a newborn or a baby? Because one of the things that I struggled with in the very beginning was if I went in there, I think we had Isaiah in our room for like the first three months in his bassinet. Uh, and then we put him in his crib around four months in the room. But if I had to go in for night wakings or feedings, my toddler would get up and want to play with mommy. And it was really hard to create boundaries, especially when you're sleep deprived and trying to like figure it out. So what are some tips you can give for kids who do have to share rooms or share spaces um, to just make it so there's less problems? Yeah. So being afraid of the dark is that's a definitely a common thing that happens with kids. I think we all went through that. I know I went through that when I was little. Um, I don't know what I thought was in the dark, but for whatever reason, because I couldn't see it, it was something there trying to eat me alive. So um, that's a very common uh, thing to deal with. Typically, when you have two kids in the room who have different issues with sleep, uh, the easiest thing to do is to deal with the most pressing issue first. So like like you said, like if your kids are going down um, to sleep fine, but it's the waking up in the middle of the night that's the issue. I mean, I would think just closing the door before you go to bed would be a simple solution for that. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, what harm that could do because if they're sleeping, it won't, you know, affect them. Um, but if there are moms who have like a newborn and a toddler, that is a very different age bracket and gap. 
I would not recommend a mom to put a newborn in a room with a toddler just simply because babies wake up literally all night because that's what they're supposed to do. And it really could mess up, mess your toddler sleep up. So I, I definitely wouldn't recommend putting a newborn and a toddler in a room together. Um, but kids that are closer in age, yes. Um, and sometimes it's just about setting the expectation, like I said earlier, in the, in the whole setting up the routine, setting the expectations of what is expected for bedtime and for the middle of the night and all of that. Especially if you have older kids who can talk, that makes your life a whole lot easier because you can sit down and have this discussion with them before bedtime. So like we're not waiting until like 6.01 had a talk at dinner. We're talking about this like literally throughout the day about this. Um, that can really be helpful for them as well. That's helpful. Yeah, so this is actually what we do. Um, we leave the door open for bed because they will go in and like pretty much go to bed. They're really good at that. And then when I go to bed, I shut the door. And then at some point, my daughter, I swear, someone, he, he does not, my youngest does not know how to open the door yet, but I swear she opens it again or he sits and bangs on the door. And then I get paranoid because I'm like, it's going to wake Ariana up. We have to open the door. And then I'm just, I'm, a, I'm weak, I'm weak. And then I just open, you know, and then I'm like, I'm just going, whatever. And then I do the thing where I'm like, can I get some sort of sleep? Just come in bed, whatever. But I know, I told my husband, I'm like, I'm the problem. Like, I am the problem right now because I've created this, this um, bad habit and I need to fix it. Like, I really need to break it. So I've been trying to get better if like being like, nope, back in bed, nope, back in bed. Because otherwise he's in bed with me and then there goes my morning. The second he like senses, and he's got spidey senses. If I even try to like tuck and roll out of the bed, it's like, nope. I'm up like he was up at 4:30 with me today, uh, so yeah, I um, I'm a sucker. <laughs> I know I'm the problem. Maybe I'm the one who needs the sticker chart and not my daughter. <laughs> like maybe maybe I need to work on it um, that way because I know that it's me, um, and I know that it can get better. Someone recommended um, using like the okay to wait clocks. Have you ever you know those little clocks in the room? Yeah, I, I do. I do know the okay clock, you know, my, here's my thing. So many people just want to tell people, oh, go use this. Oh, just do this. And I just don't sleep train that way. Because at the end of the day, if we're not addressing the core issue, if we're not addressing the heart of the matter, it doesn't matter what information I give you, what I tell you to do, what products I tell you to do, you're not going to use it because at your core, you're not ready to make these changes. Like you're not invested and you're not ready to follow the structure that I give you. So for me, for all of my clients, we do a lot of pre-work where we're getting down to the root of the issues and how things got to be this way and addressing those issues first before sleep training, because that is when the true transformation happens. It's not by me word vomiting to somebody. Okay, girl, first you do one, two, three, four, because if there is some, for example, birth trauma, or um, there's some anxiety or depression that's going on here that's causing all these other issues, if we don't address those core issues, then sleep training is never going to work. I think that's a critical thing for people to truly understand. As you said that I'm like psychoanalyzing myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally um, default. But the one thing I will say, like when you said trauma, so in January, my daughter, the oldest one, she was kept coming and tried to come in her bed and we were working really hard, like go back to bed, go back to bed. And one night she was like, mommy, can I come sleep with you? And I felt like 
it was God in my ear, like, let her sleep with you. And that night, um, she had a seizure in her sleep uh, right next to me. Uh, and it was the scariest thing ever. And I know that that's something that I get paranoid about. She has not had one since, mm -hmm. but I'm nervous. Like, what if tonight's the night and she's by herself in bed? And I know that that holds me back. And I forget about it. Like, I literally forgot about that until you started talking. And I was like, maybe that's like, that's probably part of my paranoia that I'm like, something's going to happen and she needs me and I'm not going to be there um, to protect her. So I'm actually glad you said that because it makes it so individual. I think right. a lot of times with sleep training, it, people feel like it has to be like one size fits all. And then it's like mommy wars or right. like gentle sleep approaches and cry it out and you're right. the worst, don't do this. And this is child abuse and you're, you know, then it becomes right. like you have to do it either my way or that way. Right. Uh, and so I'm glad you mentioned that like it is really individual based on like what the kid needs. How as a parent would you find out like where to even start with sleep training if you're like, I know we need some fixes and maybe I've figured some of my issues, but I want to help them as well. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing to do would be to start with you to figure, you know, just like what you said, to figure out how you even got here. Um, because until you figure that out, it's going to be hard to stick to any kind of schedule, any kind of routine. Um, because I want to be clear, sleep training is work. And I don't want people to think, oh, I can just do this one time and it's going to work. Now, sleep training um, is work. So you have to be invested and willing to do what is required in order for this to be um, a long-term fix. And the good news is you only have to do it one time. Like, it's not like you have to, you know, do this 50, 11 times. Like, you do it one time and then you're good to go. So you want to make the one time that you do it the best possible time um, as far as execution goes. Um, and then you want to figure out, um, you know, once you say, okay, I've dealt with my issues and I'm ready to move forward, you really want to make sure that your partner or whoever else is going to be with your kids during the nighttime is on board as well. Because you can be doing all this fantastic work, making some awesome strides, and then boop, grandma comes and takes the baby one night and totally messes up all of your hard work. So that is a critical, pivotal piece that you get everybody on board who's going to be with your baby. Um, and just be very frank, like you don't owe anybody any explanation. So, you know, for all of my people pleasers out there, girl, release that today. You do not have to justify your parenting choices to anybody else. These are your babies. You are simply telling them how it's going to be. So we're not asking permission. We're simply giving direction. We're simply saying, moving forward, this is the expectation. All right. So once you've gotten everybody um, on board, for older kids, you want to talk to them because I think, you know, with a toddler especially, they can talk back to you, which makes your job so much easier. Some people see that as a bad thing. I'm like, no, this is a good thing because now you can be talking to them and educating them about the new expectations, about what's going on to get their buy-in so that it's easier on you. The worst thing that you could do with kids who are walking and talking is just to flip the like flip the switch one night without any communication. Because then you're going to have an uphill battle. I don't care how chill your baby is. If you flip the switch on them without any notice, they are going to lose it. So you want to, you know, set that expectation. Um, I think those three things will definitely give you a leg up for sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think it allows parents to go in with a plan and not just, let's see what happens type of a thing. <laughs> 
All right. So speaking of plan, though, it's almost daylight savings. Yeah. Um, help. What are some <laughs> tips that we can have to make it easier? Um, or is it all in our head? Like, honestly, sometimes, some years I remember, oh, it's daylight savings. And some years I'm like, I don't know how to prepare. Is it all in my head? Are they going to be fine? Do you have any professional recommendations for moving into the the switch of the time, depending on where they live. Wait, Central Time, you don't do that, do you? No, we do. Oh, girl, oh, no. Everyone do does, Everybody right? in the U.S. does it, I okay. think, except for Arizona. Everybody else, I think, oh. daylight savings time. Okay, so help us, yes. I mean, so the, the biggest thing to remember is that daylight savings time further illuminates whatever problems are going on in, in your sleep situation. So if your child is waking up at five o'clock, it will not be four o'clock when the clocks switch back. If they're waking up at three o'clock, it will not be two o'clock. So my top tip is uh, for you to address your sleep issues before the clocks roll back, because it's not going to all of a sudden get better um, when the clocks roll back. It's just going to make you more frustrated because then you have to get up an hour earlier. And I don't know about you, girl, but when the clocks roll back, it does a number on me. I'm just like, did I sleep at all last night? Like what happened? And so this is exactly how your kids are feeling. So if they're already going into daylight savings time exhausted, it's only going to amplify those feelings of exhaustion. Especially with toddlers, it's not uncommon for me to get more calls than daylight savings time because the toddler has now reached the point of beyond exhaustion where like they're crazy now and they're throwing tantrums talking back like just doing things that are totally out of character for this child but it's just because that the rolling back of the clock further amplifies that sleep deprivation and causes a lot of kids to just quite frankly lose their minds <laughs> when the clocks roll back and so the easiest thing you can do is prep for it now like don't wait until the clocks have rolled back. Like get your baby into a schedule right now because at the end of the day, it's not going to get easier by waiting. I think some parents believe, oh, I'll just wait it out. I'll just wait it out. It'll be fine. And I'm just like, girl, you've been waiting for two years. How much longer are you going to wait? Like <laughs> there is not a magical sleep fairy that's going to come to your house, sprinkle her fairy dust, and all of a sudden, ta-da! you have a toddler that sleeps or ta-da, you have a baby that sleeps. It's like, no, you have to do the work. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to set the tone. You have to do the work. So if parents get nothing else from my interview today, get this, waiting only delays inevitable. And if there's a problem with your baby's sleep, now is the time to do something. So stop waiting. I'm giving you permission to say, okay, we're all done waiting, get into action because that, that is the way to do it. Um, people like myself who are sleep consultants, I'm personally happy to help you because I understand how hard it is. Um, as someone who's worked in thousands of homes all over the U.S., I've literally seen it all, Kara and girl. It is crazy, the situations that parents are in. And so I get that sometimes people are so knee deep in it that they cannot even see a way to even like, start and so that's why I'm here to help because I get it and again like outsourcing sometimes you see somebody who's not attached who's not in in the, in that situation with you to have a different view and to be able to come in with their experience and and to help you get a solution that's going to work for your family 
That's perfect. And when this episode airs, we'll have like three weeks till daylight saving. So it's a good amount of time to get started. I know this was kind of the kick in the booty I needed to be firm. Like I knew before we got on, I was like, she's going to tell me I'm the problem. And I was like, I am the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like my husband, he's like, just put the baby back in bed. I'm like, you're still sleeping when all of this happens. You don't right. even notice like, it's wait. happening. <laughs> like you literally have no idea what's going on right now. But somehow you can sleep through everything. I'm like, right. I know what I know. <laughs> so yeah, the, that's the one thing I'm working on. And then the early mornings, I had mentioned my kids get up so incredibly early. And um, one last question before we kind of close about morning wake-ups. If you have any tips on that, I wondered if like pushing their bedtime up would help. We, we dropped my daughter's nap uh, six months ago because she was napping too much. Um, and I found, I thought, in my opinion, I don't know if it's right, but she was sleeping too much. And then she was up till like, I put her to bed at eight and she'd be playing in her room till like 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we stopped napping and that has helped. She literally, like the second we're like, bye, she's out. So that's right. great. But my son, and she'll sleep till about six, which I'll take. I'll, at this point, I'll take 6 a.m. <laughs> my son is up at 4.35. And I don't know. I'm like, is he, he's two. He naps from one to three every day. Um, and he gets up around five. And then they go to bed at eight. So I'm wondering if pushing bedtime up helps, if he's getting too much sleep, not enough sleep. You know, it's like one of those tricky ones where you look at each other like, I am not sure anymore. Right. So any recommendations for like early wake-ups and tips parents could uh, get started with? You know, early wake-ups are the hardest wake-ups to deal with. Um, and they're typically a symptom of a schedule that's out of alignment. Uh, and so I tell parents to not even deal with early morning wake-ups until your child is sleeping straight through the whole night. So like if there's any kind of wake-up where you have to intervene and help them throughout the night, you need to just leave early wake-ups alone and get them to sleep through the night because that is um, the like the core of what sleep looks like is for you to put them down at seven or eight or whatever time you guys pick, so seven or eight, and then sleep all the way through to 10 to 12 hours later, right? And so if they're not doing that, you got to address that first because I feel like so many parents are like, oh, I, I don't mind waking up. I just don't want to wake up at five. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. That's, <laughs> that's not how it works. Like you, like you need to get your baby sleeping like through the entire night first without any hope from you. That is typically the biggest challenge for most parents. So if anybody's listening to me right now, dealing with that girl, you are not alone. Um, I've helped thousands of parents all over the world with this. So just know that you are in some fantastic company. Um, but that, that is the first thing I definitely would not be dealing or addressing early morning wake-ups if, you, if your child is not already sleeping. Um, through the night without intervention from you. That's just a recipe for disaster. (laughs) That's good. It's a good place to start. Um, Tamiko, this was wonderful. Thank you for answering so many questions from uh, people in my Facebook group and myself personally. I know selfishly, I was like, this is going to be great. (laughs) So many, so many good tips. Where can people find out more about you, um, hang out with you more if they want help, if they're like, yes, please, I'm ready. I need some help. How can they connect with you? Yeah, so my website is sleepwellwakehappy.com. And on that site, I have a fantastic sleep training program called the Feel Like Yourself Again Baby Sleep Solution, or Flyer for short. And um, basically in that program, I walk moms through my signature six-step process, which will um, take you from being a hot, 
frazzled mess to waking up fantastic every morning. Once you have kiddos that are sleeping independently without your help throughout the night, I know that that this can sound like a myth, a fable, sound like it's not possible when you're dealing with kids that don't sleep, but girl, I promise you, it is totally possible. And so that's why I created um, that uh, program. Um, to help you get more sleep because girl it's time it it's time we all need sleep that's how we were created that's how god created us to sleep at night be awake during the day um and so you're doing yourself a huge service by getting more sleep and honestly there's been studies on this care before we go about people who are who constantly deal with broken sleep so people like nurses who work overnight or doctors who work night shifts you know i'll, I'll even throw moms in here who are constantly having broke sleep for like long periods of time they're at higher risk for things like cancer and other diseases. So this is the reason why it is critical for you to get sustained long stretches of sleep. So not, you know, of course, if your kid is asleep, we get it. You're going to be up because you're dealing with sick kid. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about with healthy children who just aren't sleeping. It's beneficial for both of you guys to be getting that uninterrupted sleep it helps with their brain growth and development, especially for kids who are in school. Um, studies have been shown kids who don't sleep well have a harder time with higher functioning things like math and science and just focusing in class in general. Um, so it's a benefit to everybody in the house, girl. So now is the time <laughs> to really focus on getting your kids to sleep so that all of you guys can just feel better and connect more deeply. Awesome. And are you over on social media? If people watch this and they want to take a screenshot and tag you, can they tag you over on Instagram? Do you, are you over there? Yes. On Instagram, I am at I am Tamiko Kelly. So that's um, I am and then Tamiko is spelled T is in Tom, A-M-I-K-O. And then Kelly is without an E. So K-E-L-L-Y. And then I'm at I am Tamiko on Facebook. Perfect. And I'm going to link all of this at a purposedrivenmom.com slash podcast 24 for show notes where you can connect with Tamiko, um, her Instagram. Like I said, if you guys got a tip today, which I'm sure you did, if you listen, take a screenshot, tag us both. We'd love to uh, just hear your takeaway from the episode. And do us a favor and share this with any mom you know who has a kid, because I bet that they could get some sort of tip from this, especially yeah. if you have moms, if you're in a mom group where kids aren't sleeping well or it's a sleep group and they let you share things like share this episode because I really feel like it can help a lot of moms not only just like feel less alone I think a lot of what you talked about today like made me feel less alone as a mom struggling with sleep issues but also it was very practical so I appreciate you and your time thank you so much Tamika oh thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to apurposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again, and have an amazing day.